Welcome back to Bacon Wrapped Business. This is Brad, and today I've got a really cool, exciting episode for you. Or here on Bacon Wrapped Business, we don't call them episodes, we call them episizzles. I know that's cheesy, but um, we're going to dive into a topic that I've had, I've brought up in the past with Andrew Henderson, who is the founder of Nomad Capitalist. And this is this concept of sec- second citizenship and being a nomad and moving a- across the seas, potentially be being an expat, whether that means getting a second citizenship uh, as a plan B or getting one so that you can relinquish your current citizenship. But there's a lot of people in my circle that I talk to about this. Uh, it is something that I've been looking at doing, which is moving overseas and exploring the world a little bit more, as well as getting a second citizenship. However, it's one thing to think about, you know, why why would I want to do this? Um, whether it's having a backup plan of, or the, as they call them, plan B. But there is another, a whole other thing when it comes to how do you actually do this? Because as you can imagine, moving overseas whether it's just temporarily or especially if you're establishing residency or getting citizenship somewhere else, it can be fraught with confusion and probably a lot of bureaucracy and red tape, et cetera. This is an avenue I wanted to explore a little bit more. So I found the founder of Apex Capital Partners, Nuri Katz, and I invited him to the show. So Apex Capital Partners, they're a boutique financial advisory firm that specializes and advising international individuals on second citizenship. So I couldn't think of anybody better to come on and explain really the nuances and what's happening out there. Um, And because I have authentic curiosity on this, you're going to hear me ask a lot of questions that may have, you know, to do with something that I want to do. But if there is any, um, any interest on your part, I, encourage you to take notes, subscribe to the show if you haven't, and then reach out to Nuri when the show is done and see if there's something that maybe you can do with him. Without any further ado, Nuri, welcome to the uh, to the to the podcast. Thank you so much, Brad, for having me. I look forward to talking to you. Absolutely. So let's a little bit of background, Apex Capital Partners, your history. Before we started recording, you told me that you've been doing this for decades. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm an old man. It's so sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, give, give me a little I, bit of the backstory there before we kind of dive into the real. Juicy I'm. Stuff. Uh, I, I, I get. I don't like the word nomad capitalist, but I'm both a capitalist and I've lived around the world a lot. I, I um, I'm one of yous. Um, I was I was born in the states, um, but I left the states when I was five years old, and for the last forty nine years, I've lived in. I grew up kind of in Canada and Israel. Um, I lived for, after college, I, I, I went to, believe it or not, to the Soviet Union mm-hmm. um, in the dying days of the Soviet Union. And, uh, and I lived there for 25 years. Really? Um, so you were there before it was the Russian Federation? You were there before the it was the Russian Federation. I was there when it was falling apart. I was there when there were all sorts of revolutions. And I have all sorts of fun stories there. And I saw it you know, be falling apart and being built up again. Um, unfortunately, today is a kind of a sad day all around, um, as today's the day that, that uh, um, you know, a war started between uh, Ukraine and Russia. But, um, but aside from that, um, uh, yeah, I lived in, in, uh, in Russia, and, and most of my clients are actually from Russia. Um, we, we have an office, a big office in Moscow in the center of the city. And I, I now 
as of a bunch of years ago, I lived in um, Antigua um, in the Caribbean. Um, the Caribbean is sort of the center of, um, of the cent- second citizenship, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. industry. Um, there, there are five countries in the Caribbean that offer citizenship for investment. Antigua, St. Kitts and Nevis, uh, the Commonwealth of Dominica, which is not the Dominican Republic, um, St. Lucia and uh, Grenada. And we have offices in, in all those countries other than, other than Grenada, but we're, we are um, licensed in, in all those countries, which is sort of like being a member of a bar in a state kind of thing. Um, and um, I also practice uh, personally immigration law in, in Canada. Um, so I know a lot of the technicalities of how you get second citizenship. We also work a lot in, uh, in Europe, specifically in the country of Montenegro, which is a, a very special country and is now the only country in Europe that, that offers a citizenship by investment program. Um, so I've been, I've been, I founded the company in, in Moscow, actually, um, in 1992. Um, and since then, we've grown to having offices around the Caribbean, in Canada, in Russia, in Montenegro. Um, and um, now we're actually considering opening up uh, an office in the U.S. Um, because the U.S. is now becoming a big center of, of interest in, in, in second citizenship as well. Right. Um, now, do you, you think that's because of a, a, lot, a lot of the well, just global and national um, uncertainty, craziness that's going on in this world, obviously, um, as well, well as as well as I know that one of the big things that uh, has happened with post pandemic is people realized they're calling it the Zoom boom, right? Hey, if I, mm-hmm, if I got right. Zoom, I can work anywhere. Why why am I staying here? God bless Zoom. I mean, I I, I used to travel from uh, before COVID from from Antigua to Russia uh, probably ten times a, a year, so I'd cross the Atlantic at least 20 times a year. Wow. Um, and um, now, luckily, Zoom has appeared. Yeah. And so I do, I mean, I'm not, I'm not so happy about, about COVID, but, um, but it's been great for me. I get to spend more time with my family. I get to spend more time in the sun. Although I love Moscow. Moscow is my favorite city in the world. It's, a, it's an incredibly, uh, contrary to what, what uh, is shown in, on American TV, it's probably one of the coolest cities in the world. Um, but, um, it's nice, it's nice that you can now live, live and work remotely in, in many different kinds of, of, of industries. But I, I think COVID taught us, um, a, a, a lot of things about the powers that, that democratic governments have. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned, um, that a democratic government can become a dictatorship very quickly. Yeah, um, that 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 actually enshrined in the Constitution of the United States as well, I mean, and, and foremost in the United States, but in Canada and, and elsewhere, um, basically um, the 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 law allows the leader of the country to declare that you have to stay home, um, that you can't leave your country, your your state, or you can't leave your city, or you can't leave. You literally cannot leave your home. Um, and, um, and, and you certainly, and you can't leave the country or you can't enter a country or you, I mean, the, the restrictions that the 
that a democratic government like the American government can put on its people um, is, is, is incredible. I mean, the restrictions that have been going on and still are, are on in the United States are, are some of the worst restrictions of any of the other countries and all the other countries shouldn't have had. It, it's, it's a hard balance to play between public health and, and um, human rights. Yeah. Um, but um, I think a lot of people in the U.S. looking around the world, seeing how other countries dealt with um, with COVID um, felt that feel that that their their rights were being encroached on and they just uh, don't like it and they don't know what's coming next. I mean, if you can do this, if you can lock people in their houses. What else can you do? I mean, I, I, you and I, before the program started, talked about what just happened in Canada, where a bunch of truckers demonstrated against the government. And so the government froze their bank accounts without court orders or without, um, uh, without any kind of judicial review. And, and that's, you know, that's in a country like Canada, which is sort of, you know, the most, I don't know, I don't know if it's the right term, but the most like lily white country in the world where, where, where nothing bad really happens. Um, but the, the prime minister of Canada was able in just by signing a little piece of paper to basically declare martial law. And he's, he's, he's arrested a whole bunch of people, a bunch of truckers who were honking their horn too loud uh, for mischief and putting them in jail. I mean, it's, it's all. And freezing um, accounts. It's kind of freezing bank accounts. And it, it, it's, a, it's a scary thing. But the U.S., I mean, uh, people in the U.S. Were, were frozen out of international travel mm -hmm. for a year and a half. And, and, and international travel isn't always just a, a thing you do for fun. It's to, to make a living. It's, yeah. it's for your family. I mean, how many people have to fly to Paris to do business every month or whatever? I mean, I, I was frozen out of travel also. Um, there were a lot of travel restrictions, and I was also you know, kind of nervous about, about COVID. Sure. But, um, uh, you know, international travel basically ended for a year and when it didn't really have to. And again, if you take even Russia, where you know, there's, if, you, if you believe the U.S. propaganda about Russia, um, it's a it's a much stricter society. They were they had a lockdown for like a week and a half. And that's it. Oh, then they I didn't people, know that. And then they ask people to wear masks in the supermarkets. Basically, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, they um, didn't, somehow so, they didn't make the news. I wonder why. Not, not, not CNN or Fox News. No. Well, you know, it does go uh, to really, you mentioned something too about Canada and like its reputation. It, one of the things that really goes to show you, I know the, my focus on is like how draconian, especially certain parts of Australia got. Who, oh my God. The last thing you think of, like New Zealand. Australia is being like, yeah, the wild open yeah. bunch of rebellious Aussies. Kangaroos. I mean, Exactly. But they got draconian. And then probably the last country in the world you thought would ever get as dictatorial and draconian was uh, was Canada and what they did. And I think it really opened up people's eyes to, OK, this isn't just, you know, this isn't just conspiracy. This isn't just, oh, it might happen on the fringe. Like certain freedoms are being taken away and taken away quickly and frivolously. And um, if they can do it in certain places, they can do it where you're at. I think it's waking up a lot of people. I know I'm a big absolutely proponent of Bitcoin, for instance, and you know cryptocurrency. Um, it's been interesting how <laughs> Bitcoin has been getting the best marketing campaign ever from <laughs> some of this stuff. Although it's yeah. 
you know, world events are, are keeping it suppressed a little bit, but um, a, li- a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Just a tad. Just a tad. Yeah. But, but it is funny. I was like, man, this, uh, you know, I, I heard it said that a, a sinking ships, I'm sorry. Yeah. Lifeboats on a sinking ship don't need a marketing department. <laughs> it's like Bitcoin. Right. Like, it doesn't need a marketing department. The world is doing it for us, but yeah. No, I, look, the, you're right. I mean, rights were encroached on. And I think that a lot of Americans and, and Canadians were, were kind of shocked by it, yeah. that, that, that it could happen in, in their country and they don't know what's next. And we, we are, we are approached by so many, many people um, from the U S who, who are, are saying to us, um, amazingly, and I, I speak a lot about Russia, obviously, because I, lo- I, I lived there for a long time and I know it very well, but I use it as sort of the extreme example of the opposite of, of the U.S., which is how it's portrayed um, in, yeah. in, in American media. Um, the, the, uh, the, what has hap- what happened in, in the U.S. by taking away these freedoms the people, business people, entrepreneurs, um, started um, feeling, oh, what can happen next? Where are we yep. going to get hit next? And um, and they decided for themselves that they need to diversify, and diver- whether it's diversifying some of their financial assets abroad um, or diversifying their citizenship as well, the ability to be able to be assured that you can go and live somewhere else if you want to. Um, became an important issue, and they're not most most people aren't living li- leaving their country of, of residence. Um, I mean, you know, you live in San Diego, you have a life there. You have the, your, the, the supermarket that you like going to, and you have the restaurant that you like going to. And just leaving may not be right now in your plans, um, but you want to have the ability to do it just in case. Um, and it's the same thing that my the, my Russian clients say to us, they, they, they love their lives. They have a great life. They get, they get to go to all the cool restaurants in, in, uh, in Moscow and the supermarkets are amazing and the shopping centers and whatever makes for a good, um, a good lifestyle. Um, but just in case they want to have a plan B. And now, now, amazingly, Americans are speaking exactly like American entrepreneurs are speaking just like Russian entrepreneurs are speaking. Mm-hmm. Just in case we want to be able to get out, if if they start really encroaching on our rights, even more freezing our bank accounts, taking away our bank accounts, you know, uh, putting us in jail for honking our horns in in front of Parliament, or things like that. Right. Well, Maybe. and it's and for for people who don't know, um, you know, we talk about you know, we brought up the conversation here of uh, citizenship by investment or having a dual citizenship or a Plan B passport this concept. Uh, if you're not real familiar, if you haven't heard any of my other shows where I've kind of mentioned this, um, it doesn't mean giving up your existing citizenship unless you choose to, but you mm-hmm. can have multiple citizens. Like how many, are you able to say how many citizenships you personally have now? Yeah, I have five. That's great. So if anything <laughs> happens in one, you that, can always travel. M- on the most other. of it wasn't actually my fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh, I was born in the States and my parents just took me as a five-year-old to Israel and I got citizenship in Israel. And then they took me as a 10-year-old to Canada. And so I got Canadian citizenship. The other citizenships I got in the Caribbean, it's part of my, my, my business. Um, but um, yeah, uh, uh, the U.S. until um, in, in the 
until the late um, 80s, early 90s, didn't really allow uh, dual citizenship. Um, but since then, they have allowed it. You have to, you actually have to declare that you've gotten it on whenever you apply for a passport. You have to declare what other citizenships mm-hmm. you've, you've gotten. Um, uh, but um, uh, they allow, uh, the U.S. allows um, any amount of citizenships, um, as opposed to some other countries. Like Germany doesn't allow second citizenship. Um, Ukraine, oh, a- which is a really? big country, doesn't allow second citizenships either. Um, yes, if you want to become a, if you're a German and you want to become a citizen of Antigua or St. Kitts or whatever, you, do, you don't, you have to give up your, your German citizenship. Or if you want to become a German citizen and you're a citizen of another country, you have to give up your, your, your citizenship in the other country. But as an American or as a Canadian, um, if you want to take on 50 citizenships, you can do it without, um, without uh, any issues. You know, the, the, the U.S. government doesn't, doesn't mind. Now, taking on citizenship is, is something that there's, there's value in it because it allows you the assurance that you can go live in another country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Americans have, um, the American, American citizens have the ability to travel around the world to, to a huge number of countries. Um, I believe almost as much as, as, uh, or just about as much, uh, somewhere around the same thing as St. Kitts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you know, Americans can travel visa free without having to think about getting a visa, which I, I don't know. Most Americans don't even know what a visa is. Um, uh, you know, visa is getting a permission from the country you're going to in advance of going there. So, so US, US um, citizens can travel around, but they cannot live in any other country. They can only live in the US. So they can't just pick up and say, okay, I wanna live in Hungary. Yeah. Um, and just go to Hungary and live there. You're not allowed. You're allowed to be a tourist there. You're allowed to be there 90 days uh, every six months. So three months every six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but you can't become a, a, a real resident. You, and you can't work there, as a matter of fact. Um, if you want to become a resident of a country, um, every single country has different rules of how you become, a, 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 how you legally become uh, a resident or you get the ability to, to live there. Um, and citizenship is one of the ways that you can get the ability to live in, in, um, in, a, in a country. Um, so by diversifying your citizenship, in other words, taking on the second and the third citizenship, um, you, um, amongst other things, you assure yourself of, well, if I want to leave the U.S. because I just don't, you know, I don't agree with with what's going on here, or I'm kind of sick and tired of, of you know, being told to stay at home or um, or whatever it is, or I feel like I'm, 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 my my city isn't a safe place and. Um, you, by having a second citizenship, you have the ability to go and move to a country where you are legally entitled to live and, and, and you're guaranteed to, to live there. Um, citizenship, as opposed to a residency permit, the U.S. also has residency permits. They're called green cards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, citizenship is something that is permanent. Green cards, um, as opposed to a citizenship, U.S. citizenship, uh, can be taken away under different circumstances. Not only the green card in the U.S., the permanent residency card in Canada, and in in other in other countries. So, 
citizenship is really the only thing that guarantees that you're going to be allowed to live in another country. All the other types of residence permits, and there are many different types of them in different countries, um, do not give you a guaranteed right to live in that country. Um, so, for example, um, and, and the Caribbean is actually a really good example, um, the Eastern Caribbean states have an association that's sort of like the European Union, whereby a citizen of one country is sort of considered to be a citizen of, of all the other countries and has the same rights to live in, in those countries. Um, it's called the OECS, the Organization of uh, Eastern Caribbean States. Mm -hmm. So if you're a citizen of Antigua, you can live in St. Kitts, or you can live in Dominica, or you can live in St. Lucia. Or you can live oh, in really? Nice. Grenada, kind of, is, that, is that kind of like the Europe, you know, the Schengen zone in Europe? Well, Shenzhen is the visa-free zone, um, but it's it's like being a European citizen, which allows you to um, to live in any country of the European Union. The Shenzhen, um, uh, Shenzhen, sorry, yeah, uh, Shenzhen is sorry, is a city in China. <laughs> um, uh, is um, the the Schengen zone is a uh, is a zone where where there just there are no borders between certain countries in Europe and you can just travel freely between those countries, but you right. can't live you can't live in any of those countries. You can just travel. Gotcha. Um, but but with the Caribbean, you can get, you can become a citizen of Saint Kitts and then go live in Saint Lucia. Um, okay. So when it like comes that. down to when it comes down to uh, getting citizen uh, second citizenship. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of ways to do it. Some of those can be move somewhere, live there for an X number of years, yeah. the longer route, you know, apply, have all of this other stuff. And then there's citizenship by investment program, which is kind of like the VIP line at the nightclub, right? <laughs> Pay well, a it's not, I don't know if you'd call it the VIP line. It's it's just it, you're doing it through an investment program, which um, clearly is, makes it go faster. But there Maybe a are... better way of saying instead of VIP line, it's like bribing the bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got some money. Let me in. <laughs> well, you know, as uh, and it, it, it's uh, it's actually a sensitive topic for the countries that that do have these these programs where um, where they they wouldn't like it if, if if they heard you say that. That's um, fair. That, that fair point. <laughs> of, well, there's there's a reason for it. You know, it's uh, it, it, it they don't just accept anyone. Okay, you can't just come come to the country and and plop down your money and say, okay, I'm here. Let me background um, checks, you, et cetera. That, the, the Caribbean is, this is another interesting fact. The Caribbean countries, when you, you, in order to apply for citizenship through investment, um, you, you first need to, how, how convenient, speak to a person like me um, and who, a person who is mandated by a certain government um, and my company is mandated by mandated by um, um, all the citizenship by investment countries except for one in the Pacific, Vanuatu. Um, you you have to have a, like a government license to represent sort of like immigration lawyers who represent clients to the to the government. You have to apply to one of us um, and retain our services, and um, you have to submit. An application package to the to the government. In that application, government to package to the, to the government, are documentations showing that you don't have a criminal record, that your source of funds are 
are clean and and good and you made your money in a in an honest way um and that you don't your by giving you citizenship the country won't risk its reputation um won't hurt its reputation so you're right not they don't like want to look like they're harnessing or har- uh what is it uh I can't think of the word. They don't want to look like they're giving shelter to all the bad players out there. Like they're just trying to get away. So there's obviously filters in place to make sure that they're getting quality citizens as opposed to just anybody with cash. Well, honestly, they 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 have to they 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 have to do that because they're under the gun of the U.S. and, and Canada and the U.K. who who send representatives to these countries to to check who they're accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to be very very careful about who they accept. Um, and, um, they, so you have to go through this, this application process, you hand in an application and the, the, the country sends out, um, the application to a, an international due diligence or company. Most of them are actually American due diligence agencies. One of them is, is Canadian, um, who do, um, these are due diligence agencies that do due diligence for like fortune 500 companies that do due diligence for various countries. Um, and they do really an incredible job of, of, of due diligence. And then um, the, the country also uses its own local um, security forces and as well as on international um, partners such as Interpol or Europol um, or, or other um, less, lesser known organizations. <laughs> Um, uh, to do to do these these background checks, and as a matter of fact, it's very interesting. You know, the U.S. has a a program um, called the EB five program, which is a program whereby um, a foreign individual can invest half a million dollars in the U.S. and get a green card and eventually become a citizen. Mm-hmm. Sort of the same thing. The little Caribbean countries, like St. Kitts, a country of fifty thousand people, or or Antigua. Uh, you know, 90,000 or Dominica, 70,000, um, they do more due diligence on their clients than, um, than the U.S., way more. Um, wow. As a matter of fact, a very, funny, a very funny issue to me is that the U.S. won't, uh, ha- has pressured these little countries to um, stop accepting Iranians. And uh, because Iran, because all the sanctions on Iran, mm-hmm. and, and um, they, um, but but Iranians are one of the biggest investor immigrants in the U.S. Um, so it's 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 funny. I mean, America accepts a lot of Iranian investors. Um, it's it's a sort of do as I say, don't do as I do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, but. So, so that's how you sort of you, you make this application. Once your application is approved, then you have a choice of what kind of investment to make. Um, there, there are different types of investments. Um, the most popular type of, of investments are funnily not investments, <laughs> um, but actually they're donations to the, to the government. Okay. A, one-time, a one-time fee. Um, uh, to the government, and, um, and 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 that's it. You pay and you forget about it. Um, there are there's an option of investing in certain types of real estate, um, and as well as paying a, a smaller fee to the government. Um, but you can invest. Usually, it's in hotel projects. 
Many of them are are branded hotels like Marriotts or Hyatt or mm-hmm. or Kempinski, which is a bit of a lesser known lesser known in the U.S. But so it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be investing in like your own residence. It can be. Gen- like it's, it's actually you can't generally there, there are very few residents that you can invest in it's mostly these mostly hotel projects gotcha okay um cool. and um and all the major brands are sort of represented in, in this hilton marriott and all that um and or in in saint lucia um they have a program where you can invest in saint lucia government bonds um, which you have to keep for either five years or seven years, depending on the amount that you're investing. Um, and then there, there are zero coupon bonds. So you get back your, your principal after five to seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you're kind of, you're not, what you're paying is the lost interest on your money or whatever gotcha. you'd be making on your money for the next five years. Yep. Um, in Montenegro, you have to do both. You have to both invest in a, you have to invest between two, either 250,000 or 450,000 euros, depending on which, which part of the country you invest in. Mm-hmm. And you have to give the government 200,000 euros um, in, in addition to, which goes to various different government funds. Right. Uh, what um, about, Nuri, what about in some of these places, especially down in the Caribbean, where it, it sounds like that's a, a big focus of yours as well as, you know, Montenegro, et cetera. No, no but, yeah. The, but down there, if um, as far as like if you if you make the investment, mm-hmm. uh, a, question one is how long does it typically take, you know, from you know start to finish? Like, to actually, when you meet me until yeah, until uh, you get until you get the citizenship. Yeah. It, funnily, it, it it very much of it depends on the um, on the client on the okay. on the applicant himself because the applicant has to be able to provide. Uh, certain backup documentations like bank statements, sure. birth certificates. Uh, in the U.S., you need an FBI clearance certificate showing that you know a certificate from the FBI showing that you don't have a um, a, a police record. Um, uh, and um, and and often people are kind of takes them time to get this put together. But from when we get all the documentation um, until citizenship is issued, depending on, on, the, uh, on the country, and it also depends on how busy the actual administrative office of the, in the country is. So if the, if the country, there different countries become popular at different times, and suddenly there's a big amount of applicants in St. Lucia, Dominique or St. Kitts, and the, the administrative office gets really busy, and so timeframes um, end up taking longer. Um, but generally, it's around three or four months from okay. when we apply until until. Uh, uh, Fantastic. Okay, and then a question too: um, Are there do any of these programs? Because this is a little different than some of the visa programs that I've, I've looked at. But do any of these programs have any requirement for time spent in that country? So if somebody wants to make that investment in one of these. Uh, Caribbean nations, et cetera, they get their citizenship. Do they actually have to spend time there in order to maintain? No. Um, well, no, except, except for Antigua, but that was sort of temporarily rescinded. And in, in Antigua, in the first five years of being a citizen, you need to come to Antigua and spend 
seven days oh, here. So, so, sounds horrible. <laughs> sounds like torture. Yeah, no, it's it's rough. Um, well, <laughs> actually, in, in all in all honesty, it's 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 an added expense if you're like from Syria or Dubai or oh, that's a good point. Or yeah. Wherever you know, you've got a family of six people and you have to fly business class. It's, you know, it's a it's a fifty thousand dollar nut. Um, that's true. I guess you know, if you're in the U S especially in the East coast, it's, it's a lot easier, but yeah, uh, it's up and skipping a jump. It's a $250 ticket from Miami. Precisely. $350. Now, what about, you know, so, so for anybody who's like thinking about this, obviously there's a lot of uh, angles, but you know, there's Navis and St. Kitts and I don't know. Are, are those two, by the way, are those kind of like combined or those kind of the same thing or no? I've got, I always hear them in reference in the same. Yeah. The, the, the uh, the official name of the of the country is Saint Christopher and Nevis. Okay, it's for short. Um, it, but that's Nevis, one place. They're, they're two. They're two separate islands. Okay. Um, about a seven minute boat ride from one to the other. Um, and depending on how fast you're going, it can be faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and it's sort of like Nevis is a province. Or a, or a state in St. Kitts and Nevis. Gotcha. Uh, and they have their, like their own governor and, and, and all that, but it's, but it's one country. There's okay. also Antigua. Antigua, the official name of Antigua is Antigua and Barbuda. Mm-hmm. Barbuda is a small island a little bit away from here um, that has about 1,500 people, but it's really beautiful and lots of tourists go there. But it's sort of a province of Antigua. Okay, perfect. Now, like I think I read recently, is it is it Saint Lucia that has the? Um, are they the ones with the lowest investment requirement currently? Well, it depends on what you mean by the lowest. Um, the 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 investment levels vary depending on what kind of investment you're going to make and mm-hmm. the size of your family. Gotcha. So officially, the the for one person. Um, the the in the donation to the government option is a hundred thousand dollars in St. Lucia, and the same in um, in, in uh, the Commonwealth of Dominica. Gotcha. Uh, so both of those, if you want to say cheapest. What, what if you're like a married couple? Is it double? No, it's um, God. It's I'm I'm too old to remember all the <laughs> the combinations, but no, it's not it's not double. I think it's it's. Uh, 135,000, I believe, in, in Dominica. Okay. And, and that's a donation. That's not, you're not making donation. an investment in real estate that has the ability no. to appreciate. It's not an asset yeah. that you're buying. It's a donation. It's okay. A pure, pure donation. But the, the cost of the, um, the real estate option is, is $200,000 in mm-hmm. Dominica. 300,000 is the minimum in, in St. Lucia. But I think they're going to be bringing that down to be a little more competitive, I think. Um, and, um, and in addition to that, there are government fees that vary between 35 and $75,000 as well. Um, okay. In but, addition. Yeah. In addition. Is that um, on so, the, is that on the real estate side or is that on, on the, the real uh, estate? Gotcha. On the real estate. The donation is just a donation. Okay. So the idea with the real estate is that, you know, you're, you're spending 75,000 plus 200 you're going to have the option of keeping sort of a share in a, in a hotel or, 
or selling it later on and hopefully recouping um, recouping your your uh, principal mm-hmm. um, and maybe maybe even making a profit later on. Right. And I guess this all depends. There's no one right way because it all depends on you know the individual, what they're looking to do, et cetera. But yeah. I'm curious at how you see ver- like a donation versus buying real estate. I'll, I'll tell you, it, it's something like 90% people do the donation. Um, yeah. they, you know, it's it's very hard, especially since most of these the the people who are getting their second citizenships are from countries where they don't even speak English. Like China's mm-hmm. China's the biggest. Um, the biggest market for second citizenship. Now it's changing a little bit with the U.S. coming in. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, about 90% just do the donation. They just want to pay and forget about it and not have to like look at the risk of owning real estate and what do you do with the real estate if you're, you know, there's, you have to manage real estate, the taxation issues, you have to sell it. Selling it is, is never easy. So most people just prefer to... Um, uh, to do the donation, they, they take the, you know, you know what they say, your first loss is your best loss. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, that, that's a good point. I know I, I've got a, I've got a close friend of mine who is doing um, consulting, marketing advisory work for a developer down in Nevis. That is um, I know they are, they're probably a couple years away from having the, um, the property done. I don't know where they are like breaking ground, but they're developing yeah. property there. Like, I guess it's a, it could be considered a hotel, but it's designed for, you know, offering investment for citizenship by investment yeah. programs. I don't know that many details on it. I just know that he was, he's working on this currently. Mm-hmm. I probably know who he is. <laughs> well, you, small, I, don't, I don't know if you know my place. friend because he's doing more just like the initial marketing consult, but he's oh, not man. the, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the guy who's doing the development. Yeah. When we get off of this, I'll try to find out and see, <laughs> see if you guys know each other. Yeah, no, it's a, again, it's a, the, the, these countries are very small. They're like they're little villages in, in many ways. So everybody is somebody's cousin. Um, I imagine. And so you, you get to know people very, very, very quickly. Right. Do you see the, like when you look at the ones that are the real estate uh, where like, kind of like this, which would be investing in like a hotel project or something that has, you know, there's ideally a, you know, return on that with, I don't even know what the projected returns on a lot of these projects are. But in those, do you see those as good investments or how do you see those? Well, I, 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 I think it's often hard to mix business with pleasure. Uh Um, uh, A lot of the, you know, because most of the of the potential investments are in the hospitality sector, um, I, I think there's a there's a the hospitality sector is very um, risk averse to economic cycles. Yeah, and if you have just a tiny little economic hiccup in the U.S., then everyone stops traveling to the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, and so for me, there's a, that's an inherent risk that, that, um, that, that, that always concerns me on the one hand. On the other hand, I've, my company has, was, was involved in real estate development as well in, in, in the Caribbean. We, were, we developed um, uh, 45 villa um, development that um, 
or we're in the process. I actually, my company actually just sold our share in, in, that, in that development. But um, uh, it, it, there, there are certain risks that you need to understand well. Um, and so the, the, the donation option for me um, is, is often a, a, a better choice because it's a more educated choice. It's hard to be really educated about real estate. You know, I don't know anything about real estate in San Diego and I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, no, really understanding it is, is, is very difficult. On the other hand, everything is so individual also that, you know, maybe you want to own a share in the Hyatt just so that you can tell your friends you own a share in the Hyatt. Um, and, uh, you know, it also depends sort of on your cost of money. It's, it's, it's more expensive to invest in, in um, the real estate than making the donation, but you can then recoup your investment later on. So it really depends on cash flow issues and, and things like that. Um, to be sure, it's not, um, you're not going to be making 10x on your money like you do if you invest in crypto. Yeah. Right. It's not. It's not a. It's not that kind of an investment. It's a two, three, four percent um, annual investment, kind of boring and, um, but 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 kind of safe and kind of nice and um, and also generally the these hotel projects allow um, allow for um, for you to be able to go stay at the hotel and that's kind of a nice thing. Exactly. Uh, so. It's part, so yeah. There, yeah, I'm, it's a I'm, I'm sure you'd be happy to go visit your friend in Nevis. So. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Do you do you typically make recommendations on one uh, pro- program down there versus the other, like the St. Lucia one or the? It, it really it really depends on on um, when we meet a client. Most of our clients are from faraway countries, and they they say to us, "Hey, can you get us a Caribbean passport?" And yep. so then we sit down with them and we look at their, you know, their, their size of their family and, and the, 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 their net worth, their, what they're looking for in terms of cash flow donation versus real estate. And depending on, on, on that, we, we generally, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll suggest one or the other program, programs. Um, what we also, because we work with all these different countries, it's, it's sort of hard to divide them all up. Um, we, we, if somebody says to us, listen, we want Dominica, we're like, let's go, baby. Um, uh, we're, we're into Dominica. Um, we, we, we generally will follow what the, what the client comes to us and what the client wants, um, unless they just don't know. And then we'll just sort of analyze the situation. Um, but we love, we love all the countries equally. Right. Well, how do, how, do you, how do you like me playing politics here? I like it. Well, let, let me put you on the spot for, uh, I'll just say for me, we'll, we'll do a, a role play. And I know we're, we're not going to go deep. Oh, into no. this don't, do, don't, don't, don't make me publicly choose a country. <laughs> okay. I won't do that. I won't do that. Maybe we can talk offline about that for sure. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, but I was curious about some of the, the different, I, I think doesn't Nevis and St. Kitts, what, what is the donation uh, amount there? The donation amount until last uh, December was 150,000, and now it went up um, to a to 195,000 for mm-hmm. a family of up to a family of four. However, there's actually there's a special kind of program that they have. You're gonna you're gonna get a, a quite a laugh out of this. They they um, 
they did a deal with a development company, a foreign development company, um, to build a prison. Huh. Literally a prison. They, their their prison is is very very old and decrepit, and they need a new prison, um, and they can't really afford it. So they they made a deal with this company that company put up the money to 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 build the the um, uh, the prison, and the company in order to recoup its investment because they're they're not going to own the prison, the and and uh, they, they the Caribbean doesn't have commercial prisons like like the u.s as a matter of fact i think i think only the u.s has commercial prisons mm-hmm. um they just like keep them in longer land of the free um, um yeah right um so um it, it's basically it's a prison for the government to run and, and have but the way that the this investor is or the developer is going to be recouping his citizen his uh, investment will be by Sort of selling units, although not 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 physical units, but um, people not selling will be able cells. To pay, <laughs> not selling cells, right? Yeah. Um, although, if you'd like to buy a cell, go ahead. <laughs> that would actually, um, I guarantee that would that would actually probably people that would, would buy go well. Um, but uh, it's but it's in, it's a cell, but it's in Car- in the Caribbean. It's a campus over. Um, but. Um, uh, they for one hundred seventy-five thousand um, dollars, instead of one ninety-five, you can inv- you can do your investment through through this uh, development, and mm-hmm. basically it's a it's a donation to build the, the the prison. Gotcha. Now, are there are there other benefits to one of those like that island versus uh, any other? Well, there are for example the the country of Do- there are different visa regimes places where you can go um and get and where you can travel visa free so for example um if you have citizenship in dominica you can travel to china visa free which america americans can't do um but if you're a citizen of st kitts you cannot travel to china um in uh the country of uh, grenada has an agreement with the United States, actually, whereby citizens of Grenada can have access to a special type of work permit that allows you, if you make a certain investment in a business in the U.S., to um, to move to the U.S. and and live there and work in the business. It's called the E two program. Okay. So so there are actually people who buy citizenship in in Grenada in order to avail themselves of the possibility of, of getting a visa, a, a work permit in the U.S. Okay. Because not, not every citizen of every country has the right to get this type of visa to the U.S. Okay. Question on this aspect, um, and this is kind of a broad question, but typically if somebody, if an American citizen gets a citizenship down there, and I'll just use uh, Nevis as an example, um, and then decides to relinquish their U.S. citizenship, assuming that you know they're upstanding citizen, etc. But now they, you know, they just have that citizenship. Is it challenging to get entry visas back into the United States after you've relinquished your citizenship to come back and visit for? You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of rumors about this situation that you know will the, will the government allow you to come back to? Um, to the U.S. if you've given up your U.S. citizenship. And, and the truth, truth, um, 
is that when you when a foreigner applies for a US visa, what that foreigner has to prove to a consular official in a in an embassy of the United States outside, there are only embassies of the United States outside of the United States. Yeah. Um, is he has to prove that he will to the satisfaction of the of the consular official, um, or sometimes they're called visa officers. Um, he has to prove that he will, or he or she, um, they will um, um, leave the U.S. within the term of that visa and will not break the terms and conditions of those visas. So if it's a, just a tourist visa and you're, you're not allowed to work in the U.S., you're not going to work in the U.S. So the visa officer looks at you and says, hmm, on the balance of probabilities, I believe this person, because he has a house and a dog and a cat, in in, uh, in St. Kitts, um, most likely he will leave the U.S. Um, and um, uh, within the, the the term of his visa, and most likely because he has a really good job in St. Kitts, he's going to go back to to St. Kitts, and I don't have to worry about it. Okay. Um, so, what what uh, by giving up your U.S. citizenship? you're making a pretty serious statement that you do not want to live in the U.S. Correct. And so if you apply for a visa, then you, they already know you don't want to overstay your visa. Yeah, you've already went to great you, lengths I, to get out. You just you, you broke the bank uh, paying the exit tax yeah. to get out. Why would you want to come back? Good point. Uh, <laughs> So generally, generally, unless it's like political issues and kind of things that, that, that we don't talk about um, uh, in terms of, you know, the, the, the U.S. can refuse visas for all sorts of reasons and just don't like you or whatever. But if it's, you know, the, you know, the average Joe, um, although it's not the average Joe that gives up their U.S. citizenship, um, but if it's the average Joe, um, then they actually, they get they easily get visas to visit the U.S. Oh, that's um, good. That's good to it's hear. Not, it's, not, it's not that much of a challenge because just a priori, you've shown um, that you, you, you don't want to live there. I don't want to be there, but I want to go visit my cousin. And that's, you know, good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they have, people have been refused, but generally... Um, uh, they, they, they are accept they, they get visas. Okay. That's good to know. Now, are you seeing much happening happen with, um, like with a lot of the rise of cryptocurrency and crypto millionaires and people looking to yeah. obtain, uh, oh, there are a lot, there, there are a lot of, um, sorry to interrupt you. There are a lot of, you know, big, big fancy names in the, in the, uh, in the crypto world who have, uh, gained citizenship in, in the Caribbean. Roger Ver is Roger one Vera, of them. I was thinking about him, yeah. Everybody, everybody talks about him all the time. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> he bought property right, right like within a few feet of my, my development oh, nice. um, in, in St. Kitts. Um, so those are the big, the big names. I and mean, there are a bunch of other big names. Um, Calvin Ayer, if you know who he is. Um, and, um, 
but now more and more people um, we're seeing we're seeing more and more people, and we're being asked by more and more people who have a lot of their net worth in in uh, in crypto um, coming forward. And you know, as a matter of fact, there's a there's a big uh, crypto convention in in April in, in May in April in Miami. So yeah. Um, and uh, there's a lot of talk about you know, citizenship people being there. And, um, and, and in all honesty, myself, my, my company is a, is a firm and, and other firms are actually now targeting the crypto crowd because it, it seems like the crypto crowd, um, while you know, now crypto has been hit hard over the last few months, mm-hmm. um, it's... Uh, it, it, people who have succeeded are, are also looking for di- diversification. Everybody understands, you know, once you've made your first you know, million dollars, you need to start now worrying about how to keep it. Bingo. Um, and um, you know, making it is the easy part. It's, it's keeping it is the, the, the harder part. Very true. Um, and um, not, not, it's not always true that making it is the easy part. But um, people and, underestimate how hard keeping it is. But hard, it's very, very hard keeping it because you obviously have to do something with your money. And when you're doing things with your money, you're taking risks. Yeah. Um, but but uh, so a lot of the people who, who have made their money in the, in the crypto sphere um, are, uh, are looking to diversify. And often they're looking for property. They, they, you know, their whole life is in cyberspace. So they, when in terms of diversification, they want to, they want to have hard assets. Um, they're, they already don't really trust money, mm-hmm. real money. Um, so they, they, but, but a hard asset is a hard thing not to trust. Well, and that's exactly where I know my wife and I have been at as well. I'm not as big of a crypto guy as uh, a lot of the folks out there, but I've done very well in it, but you know, we just purchased a property in Portugal that we'll spend some time in and then do renting it out the rest of the time. Uh, didn't We didn't spend enough of our own capital to qualify for the golden visa over there, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. we did get a loan on it at a, like yeah. a 1.9% interest, which was amazing. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. 30 year fixed, a uh, 20% down the other 80% wow. at 1.9 for a three mm-hmm. bedroom, three bath down in Lagos, wow. Portugal, and pretty happy about that. Free money. Yeah. I now granted the closing costs right. I realized are dramatically higher than they yeah, are in the United pay, States. You probably have to pay notaries a percentage of the purchase it, price. Well, yeah, I mean it, all all in, it was about seven and a half percent of the yeah. price was yeah, the transfer uh, tax all closing costs. Things, yeah. 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 So I think the I think the total cost alone comes out to about like four and a half or so when it, when you really look mm-hmm. at it. But at the end of the day. Uh, I bring this up because it's also that is one of the things when where I'm looking to put my money at this point in my life. We don't have kids; we're not going to. But it is um, I would much rather buy international, you know, international real estate in places that I'd want to spend some time in that can also mm-hmm. be high demand and be able to get a yield on when I'm not using them because I don't like I'm not looking to you know buy the fancy cars anymore and all the other stuff like that, but I'm definitely looking like diversifying and almost like trophy property style real estate mm-hmm. is, uh, is where a lot of my focus is at the moment. So, you know, I've looked in. Which in an uncertain world, real estate is the most certain thing. Correct. Exactly. 
The um, do, do you do much uh, speaking of Portugal? Do you do much in Portugal with things from Golden Visa to citizenship over there? Yeah, we do not 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 a lot. Um, our concentration is is um, Montenegro. We we sort of advise the government on how to create the program a bunch of years back. So we're very we're very active in in, in Montenegro, and we, we we try to concentrate more on on citizenship rather than visas. As right. I told you, citizenship is the is the 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 most permanent type of status that you can get um and um and often people kind of get get confused between a residence permit and citizenship mm -hmm. so um they don't really understand that residence is a, is a temporary measure yeah um so we try to we try to uh, uh have our clients explain to our clients the difference and, and you know, convince them to, that, that citizenship is a better option. But, but certainly we do um, uh, work with, with Portugal um, and more and more, there seems to be some interest in, in Portugal. Mm -hmm. um, it's a nice country. And I imagine that most of the clients you're dealing with. So most of the clients who are interested in visa are more, I would imagine the digital nomad style. They, they want to go live in different places, right? So that's why they want the visa and they want the option to live there yeah. without versus those, protection those of people, a citizen. Um, the, the, the nomad visas are something that have been created just recently mm -hmm. during COVID, um, mostly by smaller countries that where, where, you know, for example, Antigua created it, actually uh, helped the, the prime minister, you know, come up with the criteria. Um, it, it's a very simple process. You make an online application here and you get a, you get the ability to, uh, to live here for two years. Um, it's it, what, what the governments of the countries who have these nomad visas are looking for is not an upfront fee, but they want you to come rent a house, go to a lot of restaurants, mm -hmm. spend money in the real economy. Um, and so it's, it's a relatively easy thing, though temporary as well. Um, Makes sense. And, and in all honesty, you know, there's only so much you can be moving around the world. Um, you know, as I told you, I was born in, in, in the U.S., grew up in Israel, Canada, Russia, Antigua. Um, and at a certain point, you know, even I'm, I'm 54 years old, but even before that, you, you, you want to stop being a nomad. Yeah, it, I mean, there's, it, it there's sounds, it sounds exciting until you start doing it, until it becomes your life. Yeah, it's fun, you know, and especially it, it depends on your age. Also, it depends on your family composition. You can't be a nomad if your kid is in grade two. Right? <laughs> Good point. He has to go to school somewhere. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's for a certain type of person at a certain type of age and position in life to be a, a nomad. I mean, I, I can't be a nomad. Yeah. My kid is in grade six. <laughs> yeah, um, that would... And I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm showing you that I'm Canadian by saying grade six instead of sixth grade. Ah, the good way you, you, that's the difference between Canada and the U.S. It's the way we, we talk about grades. Um, and in Canada, there's been a beer. Yeah. Um, but um, so, yeah, my kid is in grade six. He has to go to the same class every single day. I can't be a nomad. I mean, I, I, I can travel on business, but, but we can't. Um, so as soon as you have a, a child of, of school age, that whole nomad thing goes away. Um, yeah, it really does. Uh, oh, 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 ha having said that, um, 
we actually had clients during COVID when the kids were in, um, uh, in, in virtual school. Um, we, had a, we had an interesting client from Siberia, of all places, um, who was planning on sending their, their son to a very upscale private school, grade five or fifth grade, um, uh, very upscale private school in Miami. Um, but boom, COVID hit and, and they, they, uh, the borders closed and the kid couldn't uh, go to school. And, and actually the school went online. And so the, the, the time difference between um, Siberia and Miami is 12 hours. So the poor kid was starting school at eight at night. Oh, um, and had to go till, till like four in the morning. Oh, hell no. And uh, hell no. They did it for a little while. And then I started screaming at them. And I said, stop that. Come to Antigua, which is the same time zone. And at least your kid is going to see sunlight. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so they came to Antigua. And they, they, they lived here for about a year and a half. Um, and then they sent their, their, their kid to school in, in, uh, in Switzerland. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that's, uh, so there are exceptions to the rule. But basically, this, this whole nomad, nomad digital nomad lifestyle is for young people who are not, um, you know, who, are, who aren't tied down to a family. And, I, and, I would agree you know, with that. Um, so it's not that realistic from, from most, most people. And in all honesty, you get tied down to a family in your 30s, generally. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's for people who are in their 20s, but people in their 20s are just starting to make money. Most of them don't have a lot of money and they can't afford to be digital nomads anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, I imagine the people who are most interested in the visa programs, they're, they're wanting to be a little more nomadic and be able to go live there. And I would imagine that the people who are more interested in the citizenship, especially citizenship by investment programs, are more interested in protecting uh, themselves, giving themselves options and flexibility yes. just in case, as opposed to wanting, you know, easier travel yeah. uh, restrictions. Well, they want, they want easy travel also. That's an important thing for a lot of, from a lot of the, the clients for these citizenship programs are from countries where they're very limited is harder. in their ability to travel. But, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, well, for Americans, as, as I said, it's, it's, um, it's sort of a plan B a, just in case, you know, Biden comes and, 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 takes all your money and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I brought this up on for personal reasons uh, before we started recording, but you know, my wife is a dual citizenship of Brazil and the US. Do you know much about uh, Brazil's programs or citizenship there? If there's, I, I honestly don't. Uh, there was, there was talk a little while ago, a bunch of years ago um, mm-hmm. of, of them creating a citizenship program, but I, I think it's too big of a country and it wouldn't really, you wouldn't be able to attract too many people and to put a dent in their. Yeah, that's, their, that, well, that's a great point. They, it's not like they need citizens. Uh, <laughs> it's, no, it is interesting though, from already. a really big macro level where, and I, I've talked about this with a lot of friends and whatnot offline, but this concept that, you know, we're, all of us were, were born into a country and that's for most of us, that's just, who you're a citizenship of, right? Unless you get proactive with companies yeah. like yours, yeah. but it'll be really interesting as 
as nation state, as the whole concept of a nation state starts to blur and, um, you know, citizenship become, you know, we are much more increasingly more global to see countries start to compete for the most productive citizens. And I mean, it's really the way it should be, right? Like offer, offer better, offer better incentives for productive. Well, that is happening actually, as we speak. There is something in in the U.S., in Canada, in the U.K. that is called the startup visa. Okay, I've heard of that. um, The the countries are competing for entrepreneurs who who have really good business ideas that are unique for the country. Yep. Um, and um, they'll allow people if they under all different criteria in different countries, and it's a it's a, it's, it's it's a long story. But um, but basically, if you have a really good idea, um, they'll they're a, a business idea, and you can figure out the financing for it. Um, but you need to be in Canada to do it, um, or in the UK, the US. Um, they'll they'll um, can they'll allow you to to get a startup visa. It's a it's a very good um, it's it's a it's a very good program for the various countries, and they are competing. They really are competing for smart people. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, it kind of makes me. You know, I I'm only familiar with this kind of at a top level, but I'm paying attention to what's going on in El Salvador because they've mm-hmm. really Bitcoin and been very very pro Bitcoin, trying to get a bigger crypto community down there. It's it's entertaining as hell yeah. to follow their president on Twitter. Yeah. He, he's not the most presidential tweeter, but he is hilarious. Yeah. But uh, do you have any thoughts on that about like what the things they're doing, which seem to be, uh, I mean, it's very pro Bitcoin and it seems like they're going to be yeah. trying to compete for more productive citizens, but do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I only know what I read in the press and I, and saying here, like, I, and it's hard for me. I, 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 I hate talking about, places and i you know just recently there was a big there's a big twitter ad about or not ad but like uh, somebody posted a, a whole little little video on twitter saying you know suggesting what what they should be doing and and uh, and, and I, I i really don't know where it stands i don't think it's going to be a very easy program to create um and i know they're very 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 pro crypto but By the I, way, are you I talking about the, the post by Katie the Russian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny yeah, that I, I pieced those two things together. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, well, she's very popular. She's she's really she's great. I mean, I, I love I love I love what she does. Um, you know, she she's not she's um, you know so she's not connected to any of the countries. She's not yeah. mandated by any of the governments. To, you know, she doesn't really you know she's just sort of on Twitter as a doing a lot of good marketing. Sure. Um, but you know, we we have a whole division of our company that does government advisory role. Uh, uh-huh. we've, we've we've advised governments and and are advising governments on on um, how to create these programs. And she just you know she just put out like a little nice Twitter yeah. video, which, was, which which kind of took off. It was kind of funny. Um, but um, I, I I think El Salvador is going to have a bit of an issue in in creating. It's hard to create these programs. Oh, I imagine it. It, it take. There's a lot of. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many countries we've spoken to, including when I say countries, I I mean like the president, the foreign minister, the justice minister, the 
um, lot, lots of people. I mean, n next week we're having a meeting with a country, and I'm not going to say who it is, but it's we're meeting uh, a subcommittee of parliament of well, actually of the government, yeah. um, made up of the minister of economics, of finance, interior, um, and we're going to have a, a a Zoom call to teach them about these programs and and maybe pitch them to allow us to create it, um, but. It, it, it takes years to create these programs. It's a, you know, to, to pass a law is not the president says, okay, I want it. And it happens. Um, but you, you have to go through all sorts of really difficult um, bureaucratic um, processes. Um, and, and that's why I thought it was kind of cute that this Katie, I don't know her. She's, yeah. she's, um, she does great. It was good, it was good publicity for her, for sure. It was, it was terrific. Um, but, you know, she can't, you know, say, hey, president, do this. Um, and, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't happen that way. Just, no, no, that's, no. That, that's not it. Um, and you, you can't imagine we were involved in the um, in, in, in the Montenegro uh, citizenship program. It took them years and and numerous governments, uh, like two prime ministers to get the program created. Wow. Um, Two prime ministers and 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 then ministers who were in charge of creating the program, numerous numerous ones. Um, you know, <laughs> first we started speaking with with one government, then we had to speak to the next government, and then um, and and uh, and it it literally was two different governments who were asking for advice, and you know, different people, and 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 it took years to create the program for it to get through parliament. You have to do. You have to go speak to your people, and your your um, uh, you know you have to you have to get um, civil society involved. You have to get the opposition parties involved. You have to it's 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 a it's a complicated thing to do because it's a very in many ways it's a very sexy topic. Yeah, um, citizenship is uh, you know some pretty much every country when the regular people, when they think that, that, that their citizenship is going to be sold, um, they get, you know, get all nervous about their, their, their birthright being sold. Sure. Um, and there's always political opposition to these programs. Although when the political opposition then gets voted into the government, they adopt these programs and run with it like crazy. Um, uh, they, 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 first they curse it. And then when they have it, they, they, um, it's sort of like the, you know, the Republicans who, who, uh, uh, scream and shout about how much the Democrats spend. Yeah. But then the, the Republicans are the biggest spenders of, oh, yeah. they're in government of anyone. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's just go there. Like, are you saying they're all basically the same? <laughs> I would never say that. Never. <laughs> uh, um, they're, they're all the same except for personality. Um, right, exactly. I mean, obviously. But exactly. um, so, yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, there's also in the Western Hemisphere, there's, there's Big Brother who is very concerned about these programs and, and you need to, you know, you need to, to bow to big brother and, 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 um, you know, have them approve it as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's not, it's not such a simple thing as just like a little tweet. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult process, but I like what he's thinking. Um, and I like what, um, 
you know, and uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll eventually reach out to, you know. When you say he, are you talking about? The, the El Salvador. El Salvador, that's what I thought. Okay, um, good. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I imagine that eventually he'll reach out to people, you know, whether it's my company or, or to other companies who are, you know, who have done work with governments in the past um and uh and and ask for for you know real real advice yeah, yeah. um what's the process yeah. and just start yeah. sketching it um, out yeah but i think for now he's sort of feeling his way um through that H- having said that there's also another issue is that the european union just recently you know announced that they're against these programs oh really um yeah and very very seriously um, announced it, and they, 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 there's a very serious process going on within the European Commission and the European Parliament, um, uh, where they they they've they've announced that they want these programs phased out by 2025. Um, now, so whether, even the ones like in places like that, well, you know, is like Montenegro in, globally, pa- huh? places like Montenegro and Malta, yeah. um, and the golden visas. Um, huh. And thing, things like that. The European Parliament is very much has been talking a lot about how much they're um, they're against it, and um, they um, now the fact that the European Parliament is against it doesn't necessarily mean that that Europe will stop it. There's there's all sorts of the Europe is an incredibly bureaucratic place. Oh, yeah. The European Usually. Union. And so in order to make any decision, all 27 parliaments have to vote to make a decision. Yeah. And, and to get 27, forget about it, people to agree on anything. <laughs> it's hard enough. Um, it's hard enough to get a parliament of 300 people, you know, 27 parliaments of 300 people to agree on everything is, is, takes years. And that's why, you know, the European Union is an is a incredibly inefficient organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's going to be, you know, on the one hand, it's uh, second citizenship and citizenship by investment has become a huge industry and, and, and more accepted within, within the world. And, and um, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of governments understand that the, the, the safeguards in, within the system are, are, are very strong. On the other hand, the feel of selling citizenship is something that um, that many countries don't like. There's a lot of opposition for to it, and so I think it's a question, especially in the future, of what is going to happen. Is the feeling of seconds of selling citizenship going to take over, and people will be against it, or will governments understand that this is a, an, an incredibly innovative way? to cheaply attract foreign direct investment, especially in countries that really need it. Absolutely. Well, and um, mindshare, because if somebody's in yeah. citizenship, if they want to escape, you know, it's a, it's, it's really a, an excellent way theoretically to, to, to compete. Yes, absolutely. You know? So um, what, what so, else are you seeing on the, uh, like coming down the pipe besides that? Like, are there any other, projected changes like positive or negative in this space? Well, I think one of the things is, is this European union where the European union is going to be going with this, but um, the, 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 the biggest trend that we're seeing uh, and the thing that we're now talking most about 
um, and Katie, the Russian, who I'm, I guess I'm plugging her, <laughs> um, is, uh, is, is trying to market to that, um, uh, to, to that m market is, is the U S interest in these, in, uh, in second citizenship. Um, yeah. I think, I think that, it's growing and growing. I mean, it, yeah. This has not been a topic among friends of mine until the past few years. Of um, course. And it's, it's, it's been growing and growing and, you know, granted a lot of my colleagues and peers are also in the digital space. So they have the ability mm -hmm. to, from a laptop, which, you know, mm -hmm. these days more and more people are getting that. Yeah. So it's becoming on their minds of, uh, I think a lot of times it starts off as looking to just be nomadic to just go live somewhere else. But then as their success increases and they have more assets, they, I think they really start to think about citizenship as well, especially now with global turmoil. Well, I'll tell you, that's also, you know, an, an, an interesting issue is who, what's your typical client? Um, you know, uh, your typical client is generally, I, 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 um, I categorize sort of in a jokingly, but, but half seriously, um, I categorize rich people in different ways. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 there's, uh, you know, people who've, who have made between or have a net worth of between one and five million people, five million dollars. I, I, I call them the, the poor millionaires. Right. Um, they're they've starter got, mil starters. <laughs> they're starting. Yeah, it's a starter upper. They, they um, you know, they have the house that's worth a little bit and they have a bunch of cars and but they don't all fly business class all the time. They, they go when they go to the supermarket at one million dollar net worth. You're, you're looking at the cost of milk, yeah. even at a million dollars um, of, of net worth, because your net worth may be all tied up in, in hard assets in your car, and your house. And and you don't have that much money to, to buy the expensive milk, um, the organic milk versus the inorganic. Um, and so that's that's between one and five and you have certain behavior patterns of 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 what somebody does when they're when they've got the the net worth of of between one and five million dollars they either um you know they start buying a house they buy a little bit of a nicer car they they maybe they'll expand their business because that's a big part of their net worth and, uh -huh. um when you get to the between five and like $20 million. That's who I call the middle-class millionaire. Mm -hmm. um, and there you're already buying, you know, you might buy yourself a, a, a second house, a second home. You might buy yourself a, a jet ski or, you know, you're, you're, you're not driving the, you, you buy yourself a Lambo or whatever, things like that. Um, I only know the word Lambo for my 12 year old son. So <laughs> I call it a Lamborghini, but he, he gets mad at me when I do that. Um, exactly. So he said, ah, Papa, you're sold. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, anyway, um, and then when you're, when you've got a net worth of 20 and above, then we're talking real money. Um, and, and, you know, you, you, now you're chartering flights. You're not just flying business class. You're, 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 you're starting to live like you're a rich person. Yep. Um, and um, generally, our target audience, if you want to put it that way, is the one to five, the poor millionaires. 
Um, generally, a, a person won't spend more than 10% of their net worth on second citizenship. So the second citizenship is somewhere between 100 and 200,000. So you generally won't see people who are under a million dollars or they're generally between one and two, three or four million dollars of net worth. Um, and that's when they start thinking about it. And, you know, when they when it's also when they start thinking about different things, you know, like the Rolex, the more expensive Rolex, the crazy Rolex. Um, so um, I think that that's 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 who our target are. Generally, our audience is people in the one to ten million dollar net worth. People who are at ten and higher have generally done it already if they're going to do it. Um, so, um, we, you know, th that's your typical audience. And, and, and a lot of the crypto people in the States are in that one to 10 million, uh, bracket. And that's why they're interested in it. It's their time. Hello. Hello. So sorry. Right, I, I was on yeah, mute. I didn't even you know. On I mute. clicked. Yeah. I clicked mute because it was a dog bark and I was talking. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I like dogs. You can let them bark. <laughs> well, I was I was saying, uh, or at least they, or at least they were in that uh, space back in like October, November. <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> they're in the five hundred thousand. <laughs> now they're like, maybe that citizenship can wait, but yeah, um, right. till it comes um, back up. Yeah. Like I got a, that, that whole McDonald's meme that came out once everything crashed. Everybody was joking that all right, now I'm back working at McDonald's. Yeah, but um, uh, so um, that's you know, and, but in all seriousness, even you know, obviously, you know, the crypto market has come off a bit, uh, a lot. Um, uh, there's still a lot of people in that, you know, million and up. Millions to, to a few million dollars who who are who are in the who are very much in the market, and they're understanding now how volatile their their businesses, right? Um, their investments are. I mean, you know, with crypto, it's you know, you just sat on Ethereum and do nothing, and you make you know ten x, but or thirty x or fifty x or whatever it is. Um, but now you understand, ah, oh, doesn't work that way. Absolutely. Um, and, and the more you see these waves, I mean, you had the wave with Bitcoin a few years ago um, where it tanked. Um, the more you see these waves, the more you understand these people who are kind of young and new in, in, in the business world, they start to understand the need for diversification. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think that's becoming more evident all the time with this, you know, in this world. Um, so when it comes to working with clients, like, so for instance, mm -hmm. if uh, myself, if any of my, if any of my listeners, et cetera, want for you to and know, your like, listeners will give you all discounts. That's for sure. Love it. Love it. 75% <laughs> off. That's awesome. You're going to pay. What did you say? You're going to pay for the, I was going to pay the listeners. There you go. There you go. Uh, Cause I love your listeners so much, you know? <laughs> So, uh, but I mean, the, the kind of work you guys do, you do like when people are serious about now pursuing yeah, we do, this. We do the legal work of, right. of, of making and representing clients to governments, yeah. to various government agencies. Um, again, you can think of us as, as uh, immigration lawyers where we directly 
um, hand in an application to the government um, and and then sort of I know I, the, the word negotiation is probably wrong but we answer the questions that the governments have um, and and all of the citizenship by investment countries you can't go to the government on your own you you have to use um, an intermediary right um, and they do that for for a lot of reasons including the fact that they just they they um, you know they, they have applicants from all over the world who are you know Bangladesh India China Taiwan Russia Ukraine whatever um, and for for applicants, it's their first time doing making an application, and they don't know how to make the application. And the government doesn't want to have to deal with half done applications, um, and um, they they want real, you know, full, fully completed applications. Sure. So we 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 do these applications. It just becomes too much of a mess. So they 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 license local service providers um, to um, uh, to make these applications and and you know clients come to us either directly they find us in various different ways and um, or or they come through other sort of introducers and there are a lot of people on the internet who are sort of promoting the idea of, of citizenship and then when client comes to them basically they're they're there, they then introduce them to companies like mine. Right. So they, they're in essence, they're doing the marketing, they're getting, they're generating demand, but they're yeah. not necessarily fulfilling that with all of the legal nuances. Oh, they can't, they, they generally, they can't. That's, yeah, that's not their, yeah, yeah, that's not their business. They're not legally entitled to it. Sure. So they, they make an introduction. Often they don't even really introduce the client. They sort of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, people don't really understand the process yep. um, that they're getting into. A lot of people don't really do the research and understand exactly what 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 they're doing. But you know, they they, they that they they don't know that they actually have to use a, a, a service provider who is locally licensed in each country, um, and so they they think you know if I you know use the services of somebody like some company in the U.S. or something, but you can't. That company in the U.S. just subcontracts to me right no, that, like and that Mark. makes perfect sense yeah. uh one, one more question here in general i'm not looking for like exact numbers but like generally speaking so you know if, if somebody was looking to do a citizenship by investment via via donation whether it was in some of the countries you talked about such as st lucia kits nevis etc um when it when you combine all the fees like if it's one of you, I think you mentioned uh, St. Lucia was like 100,000 for an individual donation. Yeah. When you combine all in, is this something that, because obviously you guys have your fees that help. It's not, you know, you have to add in that along with the other yes. stuff. You said it's maybe well, about a four month process, I, I, give or take. I need to eat. What's that? I need to eat. Yep, exactly. Right. What, what, what should somebody basically budget for the kind of all in expenses on something like that? Um, ugh. and I know it depends. It, it depends. You know, there's, there's, um, you know, the different pricing in different countries and yep. for, for different markets and different pricing in all honesty, uh, are, 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 we are not 
the cheapest out there. For example, there are people who work for cheaper, people who work for more, and you yeah. know, there's there's the there's the Lambo, and then there's like the Toyota or whatever. <laughs> sure. Um, and um, so, I, generally, over and above um, all the government fees, um, you, you're generally in the thirty to forty to fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the range I was looking for. Range. Just to see if yeah, it was. something like that is is the you know our our we don't even have really have a price list. We look at every individual, and depending on how hard the application is going to be, um, we will will price. We have a range, and we'll price within within that range. Makes perfect sense. Um, you know, some some. So, for example, we just recently we had a um, we had a client who was refused citizenship in Malta. Um, so now he's got this, you know, this black mark on him. And um, he now wants, but he still wants a second citizenship. Um, and we think, we believe we've done a lot of research on him, a lot of due diligence, a lot of our own compliance work. Um, and we believe that, that he, was wrongly, he was wrongly refused. Oh, that's... Um, he, and... and we believe that he was refused because there was mis, um, mis, uh, he was misidentified. Uh, I think we think that Malta thought that he, because he had the same name as a person who was in jail for murder. Oh, no. That he, that he was in jail for murder, although he wasn't in jail. Oh, wow. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but they, they wouldn't accept the explanation. Um, it, they, he wasn't my client, and so I don't know all the details. But um, but for example, with him, we we've had to you know we have to charge more because we know that we're going to have a lot of explanation to do, and he already we have to overcome a lot of negative stuff about him. Um, the, usually, with the the what we call the poor millionaires who who are you know a little bit younger and and aren't their name isn't in the press too much or. You know, they have smaller assets and they've had less complicated lives, um, which, you know, the, the, the fees are lower. Um, right. So it just sort of depends on who, where and what. Okay. Fantastic. You know, one other thing that just popped in my mind, because I just noticed this, it was on your website. Um, this kind of like. Don't believe anything back. you read on the internet, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but with, with Portugal, when it comes to, um, you know, options over there, and I don't know if this is just for the golden visa or if this is actually for the passport, because does, does Portugal even have like a citizenship by investment program or are there, is there's only the, like the gold, no, which is a path yeah, to the passport. It's a path to the citizenship after six years, you can get citizenship if you pass a Portuguese language test. Right. Okay. Amongst, I got amongst other requirements. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, and I know that you can invest for instance, like in a, in real estate there, but you, there's also yeah. like venture funds that you can invest in. Venture funds, correct. Right. Yeah. Do, do you know anything about the requirements for those venture funds? And I'm asking because I do have a friend who is starting to explore. Become a fund? Yeah. Or I have a friend in Portugal who is exploring creating a venture fund for these purposes. But, and I know he's talking to some people, but we were just chatting about it at a high level. And I didn't know anything about that. I knew that yeah. a venture fund aspect existed over there. But I didn't know what types of. Um... I I know um, uh, again because I'm just my my general knowledge. You you need to be registered and uh, and with the financial services authorities of I would think Portugal so. as a as a as a fund, sort of like the SEC of Portugal. Yep. 
Um, and you are allowed to invest the funds that you receive in your, into your fund. Um, you're allowed to invest 60% of that in Portugal in either real estate or publicly traded securities. Um, and you can actually invest in um, 40% of your funds in, in other types of uh, securities outside of Portugal. Okay. Interesting. Because um, I know is, that one of the things he, he had, he had identified a property that was worth uh, any somewhere between 10 and 20 million. And it mm-hmm. was uh, it could be like part commercial. There could be an option to have, you know, boutique residential stuff on there, but he was looking at that. He has, he had some ideas for making that almost like a, uh, a big retreat center, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it's, it's on, I don't know, 10, 20 acres and mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. I've seen photos, but one of the concepts is if we, I say we, this is what he was saying, is if we create a venture fund, get it all licensed, et cetera, could we open that up for external investments of people with half a million euros or more in order to facilitate that golden visa through that? The purchase, yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe you can, but I, I, I'd be stepping outside my bounds, gotcha. boundaries to be able to give you, you know, yeah, you know, the right kind of advice. I'm not. I appreciate that. that. Yeah, those was just a conversation I had about a week ago, and I just totally remembered yeah. it when we were talking. So this pretty much brings us. This has been a fantastic interview. I've I've learned so much, yeah. and I really appreciate. Well, I'm happy. This. I'm happy that, that that it worked out. It did, yeah, and it's <laughs> it, it is also different than um, just hearing about almost the the marketing. Why uh, you know wh- why should I do this, etc. Like for those of you who've listened to uh, Andrew Henderson on Nomad from Nomad Capitalist on the show who was here, I don't know, maybe about six months ago or so. I can't remember exactly the date. We talked a lot about just the idea of second citizenship and why and and opening people's ideas of the fact that it's possible. But this really gave us an opportunity to dig into the technicalities of how it works and how it doesn't and what you have to be really weary of. So I think this is a fantastic, um, that was a perfect segue uh, into why and then how. And it sounds like if you, if people want to get a hold of you because they've been considering this or they haven't, but now they are, is, what is the best way to get a hold of you? I know your apexcapital.partners is your website. Are there any other? That's, that's, I mean, I'm happy for people to write to me directly. My, my, uh, my email address is N as a Norman, K-A-T-Z at apexcap, A-P-E-X-C-A-P dot org perfect um and uh um, you know and and you can look on our site at apexcapital.partners and 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 i bet you that if people contacted you you'd direct them to us love it love it well that's i would hope of course i would so um well this is this is thank you for the plug yeah, my pleasure. Are there any uh, particular nuts you're trying to crack? It sounds like one of the biggest things is just to get some more awareness out there, especially to the U.S. market. I think you mentioned that, that as this is on the tip of people's minds, that letting them know that there are resources out there to to help them. But are there any other things that potentially myself or my listeners, you could jog our ideas? Well, I, I, to I think, out? you know, uh, n- number one, that that for Americans, this is a possibility. Um, Americans are just starting to think about it. I'm, I, I, I want to educate the market about it um, just because it seems to be a market. Yep. Um, and um, so, you know, obviously as a, as a businessman, I, I, I want, I want to be able to 
sell my services and selling your services and this type of service, you first need need education. Uh, I, I also think that there's a need for it. Um, there, there's a, a lot of people like you who are really, you know, wondering and thinking and looking and and it's hard to find. Um, you know, I jokingly said, don't believe anything you see on the internet. But there's so much stuff on the internet that's just not true and not real and not um, and put out by by people who don't really understand the 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 specific legalities of of the issues because there's just, there's so many marketing firms out there who know how to market, but they don't really understand the programs. And a lot of them are, are, you know, overseas and in all sorts of countries there, they don't even speak English. Um, but, um, so I, I, I think it's important to watch out, um, who you deal with also. Um, you know, you may you have to make sure that, you know, like when you're looking to work with a lawyer, you want that lawyer to be a, a member of a bar. In other words, to have the right to work as a lawyer. You don't want a lawyer who doesn't have the right to work as a lawyer. <laughs> Good point. Uh, it's just one of those things. Um, and you, so, you know, you don't want to work with an accountant who's not an accountant. Um, so it's important to sort of figure out who you're working with, who you're trusting because it's because it's such a, a an, an industry that's so niche and, and unusual for for most, um, and and because you really generally only do this one time in your life, um, you you want to make sure that that the that you're speaking to the the right people who are not only have sort of general knowledge of of the industry, but but are the ones who will actually be the ones to, to take care of your, of, of, um, of your application and, and people who have the, like the, the legal knowledge of the whole process and are legally allowed to, um, to provide these services of representing you to governments. Um, and, and so you just need to make sure the governments, all the governments have websites that list the, um, uh, the, the local licensed uh, companies. And I think it's very important to reach out to those companies to make sure not to, not 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 to be like really working with these marketing companies who then have to take. You're you're kind of paying double fees, or it's not even double fees. You're just you you end up by hiring these marketing companies. You you you're creating a, a contractual relationship between you and the marketing company, but not you and the company that's you know you're providing the, lawyer. the service, right? And and you lose security there, mm -hmm. a certain amount of security. So that I, I think sense. that that's, uh, this isn't one of those things you'd want to go to the, you know, this isn't something you're, you should do and try to look, look to save as much money as possible. on fees. Well, it, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, for anybody, you know, a uh, hundred grand is a hundred grand. I mean, for anybody um, you can have, you can be a billionaire. I don't care, but a hundred grand is, is real money. Um, and, and, and you're talking about your family and you're talking about your future and you're talking about a lot of things. And so, um, you know, you, you, you should approach this as you would approach any other legal procedure where you, you will, you would, you would hire to assist you, um, you know, a, a licensed, you know, if you want to, if you want to find a, a real estate, you, you wouldn't work with a real estate broker who's not licensed to be a yeah. real estate broker, right? So it's the same thing in this, 
in this industry. You, if you know that the government has licensed you as a as a local service provider to 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 do this work, then you know at at least that much you can trust, and it's not just like a a tweet or a, an Insta thing, uh, an Instagram promotion. And I've just seen in a lot of different countries, especially where you know people don't really speak English that well. Um, people have 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 been taken advantage of and have paid crazy wild um, expensive fees and um, and and then and then didn't get what they needed because they 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 were speaking to this marketing company who has no effect on the process altogether. They're just sort of introducing. So Correct. I mean, they have a place to be. There's it's important, but they we're, we're happy that they exist. But um, uh, but it's it's just. You have to. It, it's it's such a niche industry, uh, a financial service industry that that you really need to make sure you 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 know who you're talking to. I couldn't agree more. Well, I de- yeah. I can definitely okay. tell from talking to you that you do know what you're talking about. You've been doing this for a That's long right. time, and you're a wealth of information on it. Uh, I know that if I ever make the decision to uh, pursue a second citizenship, you are going to be on my speed dial. Uh, and, I look uh, forward to speaking to. Absolutely. And I hope that anybody else listening to this feels the exact same. So uh, if you still are here and you want to find out more about this, apexcapital.partners is Nuri's uh, website. And you can email him at ncats, K-A-T-Z, at uh, apexcap.org. That'll be in the show notes if anybody wants to um, just click on that, send an email. No, I can't thank you enough for your time yeah. here today. This has been just a, a, a really fantastic you, podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And for everybody else, feel free to email me directly at askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com and hit the subscribe button and uh, give us a review if you haven't done that yet. I read every single one and it definitely helps the show get discovered so that other people can enjoy what you're enjoying. Uh, Till next time, I will see you on the next episode. Ep-a-sizzle.